You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings. Welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight, I'm joined by Jennifer Hetzel and uh, Ray Andrew. How are y'all doing? Hi. I'm here. We're here. (laughs) Good deal. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, well, reporting back in for another month at, at this point, so... Much enthusiasm yeah. in No, we're, you know, we're good. Yeah. Still, uh, still just heading through the whole COVID thing. So, um, this month's book, um, I've actually, it, it's a shorter book. I've actually listened to it multiple times, uh, mainly because, uh, this is a book that I found energizing. And, um, I hope y'all did too. This month's book was Every Tool's a Hammer by Adam Savage. Um, I've been talking about this book for quite a while. It was one of the ones that I wanted to definitely have on our to-do list because, um, I, I think it's a great book. I think it's, it's energizing and it's something that, uh, I think we, we could also talk about on, uh, the creative geeky show as well, because he does go into the creative process so much on this book. So that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and start off with our first impressions. Uh, Ray, what were, what first impression going through it? Uh, I really, um, I enjoyed his enthusiasm with it. Like, it, like you said, it, it sparked, like, I, so I have to say, I, when I was started listening to this, uh, I was just beginning doing some prep work on my shop. Uh, and so as I was listening to it, I'm like getting invigorated by it and stuff like that. So it was, it was really nice to listen to. I'm glad he definitely, um, uh, you know, read it himself for the audiobook. Uh, that mm-hmm. was, because then you can hear his excitement and, and everything. So that that was really good, too. So, yeah, overall, uh, enjoyed it. And, yeah, get into more bits and <laughs> good deal. As we go here. Jen, what was your first impressions? Um, so I enjoyed the beginning and the parts that were kind of more overall creativity, being, you know, a maker didn't just mean this specific thing, having a shop and blah, blah, blah. But then by the end of it, that's mostly what it was about was his shop and his many, many projects. And that's when he kind of started losing me. Cause I, I don't get into that stuff. I don't have a shop. I have no desire to build things that way. I don't have the time um, or the interest. You know, I mean, I might have the interest. So uh, I, I didn't enjoy the last half as much as I did the first half. But overall, yeah, if, if, if it was just that first half, I would say, you know, that was that was a very inspiring book overall. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed the book, uh, but you are right. It is it is interesting in that it is not just one thing. And he even mentions that, like uh, he, he talks about over his career. He has um, he's changed. He's grown. He's he's become different things. And there's, uh, you know, different checkpoints where, you know, he could have gone one of two different ways. And, uh, you know, he's happy for the ways that he's gone. But um, the book is and the book is a very good representation of that, because you're right. At the beginning of the book, it does focus on more so uh, kind of his thoughts on creativity, uh, his history on making how he how he became um, a prop maker, both at uh, ILM and uh, and of course uh, the host of one of the co-host of MythBusters, um, and then uh, there are definite parts in the book, uh, 
like you said, probably the last half where a lot of it is literally focusing and discussing uh, specific things in the shop to include fasteners and glues. And of course I find that interesting, but uh, I could see how if, uh, if that's not something uh, that you commonly use, you're probably just like, really, there's a whole chapter about glue. Cool. All right. A lot of it was just over my head and it was just one of those things. that's like, yeah, this is good information if you're, if you're into this, but it's just not my thing. And, you know, I listened to it and I tried to get something out of it and I got a few little things out of the last few chapters, but it wasn't. Yeah. This wasn't my thing. That's okay though. And that's that's perfectly fine. So, um, we'll get started our discussion here. The, the first thing, and I'm so glad he started off the book with this. And I love the fact that he does is he talks about the fact that, he goes to these maker fairs, he goes to conventions, he goes to all these different places, and people come up and they're like excited to meet him, and then they immediately pull in and go, but I don't make anything. I just fill in the blank. <laughs> and it's like blah, blah, I blah. code, I bake, I – whatever it might be. And he's like, you are a maker. Like don't just – don't put yourself down. Do not be afraid to – Take on that mantle and we're in this and I think he specifically says it and I every time I every time I listen to it I think of you, Ray. I know you don't like <laughs> to call yourself an artist. But you're an artist, dude. Like God. just own it. <laughs> just own it. Like I'm a maker. Like that's 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 I, I do it. Like I've you know I, I actually really like the term, but uh <clears throat> pardon me. Um but yeah, I think he specifically, you know, brings it up and I'm just like you know he's so right. Just because, just because your your medium is code or um, dough or something, you know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't mean you're not making something. You're not bringing something into the world that wasn't there that has some of your personality and your ideas in it. So, sorry, I gotta get a drink here. <laughs> I forgive you. We'll we'll pause for a moment and just reflect <laughs> on the words that you said. Oh, Lord. No, I was hoping you were going to jump in. So I think um, that's a good point, though, when, um, you know, he talks about you can be a maker with almost anything you do. And I liked his um, his comment about being like seriously curious because I can definitely relate to that. Like I think about everything all the time and I want to I'm really bad about, you know, starting and things and never finishing them and uh, <laughs> wanting to take on new hobbies. I but, um, yeah, that was one of my big takeaways in the beginning was just, oh, there's other people like me. That There's a name for this. Seriously yeah. curious. I yeah, like I, I love that, like. too. Um, I, listening to him talk about how he's like – and, I mean, granted, uh, there are – I think most people would, especially on some things, would say, well, no, you're definitely, like, a master. If not – if not right there at being mastery level. Um, but, you know, he's like, I, I I can't master anything because I do everything. And, I mean, granted, he obviously has a, a natural ability, you know, for it and an affinity for it. But, um, I mean, that's one of the things that I've, I have found hard about me is because, like, it's like, well, take the podcast, for example. If I, like, focused all of my time, energy, and effort into podcasting, this would probably be a completely different thing. Like, we would probably have a lot more listeners. We'd have a lot more stuff going into it. But I'm just like, 
I don't, I don't want to do that because this is an interest and I love it and I, I enjoy doing it. But I'm like, I'm looking at my desk here and I literally got like three or four different projects going on here. And I'm just like, I'll never master any one of these, but that's okay. Like, I enjoy but doing them. But he says in the... He he says that there that he has more ideas than time, and that's another thing. I was like, yeah, yep. like I have all. We, we talked about this in the last episode of Creatively Geeky, like all these things that we want to get to, that we haven't had the time or the energy or whatever to do. So, um, yeah, how do you figure that out? It's just prioritizing, I guess, and not sleeping. And <laughs> yeah, become a Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of those. Um, and granted, it's it, you know, and he does say he's extremely lucky to be in the field of work that he's in, so that he can, you know, he he has time. Like he spends his day doing that stuff, whereas most of us have a day job, so we have to, you know, kind of fit it in when we can. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. So one of the th- one yeah, of the things I, you talk- uh, oh, go on. I was just gonna say I would have been interested in doing a lot of the things he talks about, but to me, it always comes down to a time to interest ratio. So am I interested enough to give up the time for it and vice versa? And, you know, some of the the stuff like prop making and armor building, that would be great, but that's, I'm just not interested enough to do those specific projects. And I'm sure there's things that, you know, y'all, y'all are the same way. Like, Oh, that'd be nice to know, but you know, I'm not giving up the time that's needed because he talks about like making mistakes and how, yeah, you've got to um, do things several, several iterations and then you get it finally. But I'm like, who wants to do that? That's just too much work. <laughs> I, I have had to, um, especially with this project, especially with these making of these boards, like literally, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. I knew this was not going to be the final project, but it was like, I've got to make at least one to make sure I, I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, so I literally thought about that as I was making this because I was just like, all right, Adam's right. I know this is not going to be the final product. This is an iteration, but you know what? Damn it, just do it. Cardboard. (laughs) Okay. And I was literally, that was the next thing on my notes was cardboard. And, Part of me is like, you know, I'm I'm getting all this cardboard together and, you know, I'm taking it to the recycling. And I'm just like, should I be holding on to this for things? But I'm like, because the boys will occasionally want like the big box will come in. They're like, can we use the big box? And they'll want to play with it for a while. And then they kind of forget about it. And then I have to break it down eventually or whatever. So but I love the I love the idea that he's like and it's funny because I watch I watch his tested channel and he does. He's very honest, like everything he said in the book, he he lives it like he's like, OK, so for this one day build, we're going to do this. And the first thing I'm going to do is take poster board or cardboard and we're going to do a rough draft and then we'll actually go start sawing stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think all kids, though, at some point just like have have taken a cardboard box and made something out yeah. of it, you know, a, a race car or a spaceship or. What's something. funny is during that whole chapter, I was actually breaking down cardboard boxes <laughs> I'm going to use them in my garden of all places. But um, yeah, I was like, yeah, cardboard really is pretty awesome. There's so many utilitarian uses for it. Yep. Yep. I mean, honestly, awesome. like I, I'm thinking about it now, like I, I've got pictures on my Instagram. If you go way back, uh, it was raining and stuff. And the boys, 
couldn't go outside. So I had taken uh, cardboard boxes and, and took a bunch of duct tape and, and made race cars out of them. And like their first, the first costumes I made for them, the uh, the uh, Thomas, the tank engine, and and uh, and Percy, I'm it was that was made out of cardboard, and they held up for several years. Um, so I mean I've I've dabbled in playing with cardboard, you know, to to make stuff, and it is. It is definitely easier than a, a lot of other things that I've been uh, I've been messing with now. So I had a friend who took a cardboard box and styrofoam and tape, clear masking or uh, duct tape, and made a shelter for a cat, like a stray cat that she fed in the winter. Nice. And it was completely waterproof because of the tape, but it was like that is some you know ingenuity also. Like you could have just bought one probably for probably. less time and money. It's so creative. Very it's creative. so handy and and like he demonstrates to you, like he talks about it. It's so much stronger than what you think it is, right? Like it's. Um, I've made multiple swords for Quinn, uh, shields and all that other stuff too. Uh, you know, uh, just a little bit of paint, a little bit of fun and. A little bit of ingenuity, and you, you've got some really fun stuff out of it, right? So, um, yeah, it it's definitely one of the be- the best beginner maker uh, stuff out there. So, absolutely, um, yeah. And like I said, I love the fact that he talks about it so much and so enthusiastically too. He's like, he's like, cardboard is fantastic, guys. Don't don't turn your nose up at it. So, oh. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of talked about cosplay a little bit, and he does talk about that. I love the stories that he tells about how cosplay empowered him. And, of course, it being Adam Savage, um, uh, the fact that one of the like one of the first things that he made was a full suit of armor with his dad. <laughs> he passed out in it and, at school. <laughs> and passed out, like you said, at school because he was so hot. Um yeah. I can just totally see that. Oh. I can see myself doing something like that. <laughs> so I didn't write this down, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off here real quick. We can come back to the whole cosplay thing, but um, uh, and this kind of this is kind of a question for Ray. Do you ever feel like you, you're not giving your kids? I mean, granted, I don't know how creative your kids are. My boys right now are are firmly like what they want to do is play on their iPads and they have tons of Legos. And, um, like if, you know, when they, when there is a big box, occasionally we'll be like, yeah, sure. You can have the big box and they'll go do stuff with it or whatever. And, um, do you ever feel like you're not giving the kids opportunity to explore their creative side? Or do you feel like you're giving it? They're just not taking it. So, we got lucky with Logan. Uh, so I remember when her, she was like four, uh, maybe five. We got her a great big cardboard castle that here you go, color it. And so she got to color it any way she wanted. And so she was, you know, well, right into that. And she still draws to this day. She still loves drawing. It's one of her things that she, uh, she really enjoys to like calm down and just kind of get through it. So, so, for her, that's what she loves doing. Uh, I'm really excited because Quinn loves to build stuff. Like he loves making stuff. He got into robotics at his last school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm, and the other thing too is, is if the kids want to, uh, if they wanted to get into something uh, where they're making things, I'll show them different techniques. I'll show them those things that I've learned already. So I'm trying to pass on that knowledge to them. Uh, I would get frustrated a couple times where they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't, they had no part in it, Mm -hmm. but, um, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the most creative parents. Uh, They, they did what they could, but, uh, you know, it wasn't really top quality, if you know what I mean. So when Quinn wanted, when Quinn wanted to be like a Skylander, I got, you know, leather and we got stuff made together and stuff, you know, so I've been, I've been excited by that stuff. I think it's be, especially Halloween. Uh, we, we get a lot of creativity juices out and, and I've been lucky that the, the kids buy into that stuff. So see, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, cause here's the thing. They do like to build stuff and be creative in Minecraft. They do like to, uh, do, you know, creative things like that in some of the games there's there's a point where it's like here you go and I gotta step away, uh, which is much like life in general, I guess. So that's there's that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, he like and, in Lego Movie where the dad does the, <laughs> the kids playing with it because they won't hold it right. That's right. <laughs> that's why there's Craggle. Craggle. Yeah, that's uh, and and he talks about that um about his uh, his inability or his his he's had to really work at becoming a boss because he he's like well I can do this faster why don't I just gonna do this you know ahead of time and uh, I have to say I've definitely run into that I have not had many at least not officially in a work situation where I have like been in, put in charge of people. And I have run into that. I'm just like, man, it would be so much easier if I could just get this done. Or, but um, so I'm I'm at that point right now in my job where I've uh, I've had quite a few people. Like I've I've been doing the job that I'm doing since 2006. Mm-hmm. So I um I've been in this particular job and I've taught it to a bunch of different people as well. Uh, and so now. Um, there's been a couple of new people come in, uh, and they're learning and they're doing things. And so I've created a couple of PDFs, uh, which are all printed out and it's a basic how to, here's your picture. Here's this, here's this. Okay. Next page. Here's this, here's this. And I've done that for them so that it's, but I am forcing them to do it. And it's like you said, it's so much easier to just let them, or, you know, I'll take it over and just do it for them. Uh, but I'm thankful that a couple of them are like, no, 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 I need to learn how to do this now. Yeah. (laughs) You learn by making mistakes too. So it takes longer, but that's how you learn. The other other thing that I find that's really good is if they teach somebody else how to do it. And that that is your best teacher right there. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, nothing, nothing makes you learn something unless you want to look like an idiot. Nothing makes you learn something better than having to teach it. So, cause believe me, even, even though there was a, you know, I, I, I was pretty comfortable about the, about the things that I knew when I would teach like a course, like at geek fest or whatever it was like, all right, but what if someone asked about this? I need to go ahead and do a little, do a little <laughs> more research to get, get a little more knowledge here. So imposter syndrome. <laughs> uh, yeah, no joke. So. I don't know enough about this. 
I I'm gonna he walk in there and every facet. Someone's gonna be like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, some of the cosplay stuff, and he talks about like, especially like he's got a couple of like key key props that are just like he keeps you know trying to get that absolute best version of and like the stuff that he talks about that last version of that uh blaster from um uh, uh blade runner like the fact that he's like you know i finally broke down and bought the actual guns that the parts go into and he's like this was like hundreds if not thousands of dollars so i have to get it right <laughs> so um <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I, I don't know if I'll ever get to that quite that point. Like I'm getting really like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm about to keep going. I'm about to go down another rabbit hole with my proton pack. Um, because I, I'm about to hit like another level to that, but I'm getting to the point. It's like, I'm almost as, as, as uh, top of the line as you can go without like, okay, now I want all aluminum parts. And I'm just like, no, I can't do that. So number one, it would weigh a ton. There's uh, one of the guys at work and I have been discussing it for a while that we'd really like to build a Stormtrooper's uh, entire outfit and right. join the uh, 501st. 501st, yeah. So, I mean, that would be amazing. Um, I've uh, I've thought about doing like a Spaceballs one instead just to be that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and see, so, I've... I've seen where people have done, and they've even got like you know the the uh, uh, patterns and stuff out there that you can buy in some cases for free on like how to do the stormtrooper armor and stuff, and lots of different versions like out of EVA foam. And I'm just like, I think I could do that, but it's like if I'm going to put all that time, effort, and energy into it, yeah. maybe I should do it the quote unquote the right yeah. way so that I could get into the 501st because it'd be like, wow, I spent six months making that, and it's awesome, but I can't get in. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, one of the things he talks about is um, um, being afraid. Not, and he talks about specifically um, this idea, uh, this ideology of teaching. You know, failure is fine. You know, failure is okay. And he's like, that's not real failure. That's that's just that's a learning process. He's like, failure is like getting drunk and not going to your kid's birthday party. Yeah, that's failure. Yeah. He's like, you tried at something and it didn't work out. Okay, well you learn and you try it again. Um, and he tells this story about when he was helping make a student film and he just totally messed that process up. Yeah. Um, and asking for help that was the other thing. He's like, I really had to. He's like, I never looked down on people who asked for my help, but I always had a hard time doing it myself. Yeah. So, and I, I will say, same I, way. I, I feel the same way. I'm like, if someone's asking me for help, I'm like, no, I'm not going to look down on you for that. You're asking for help. Thank you for that. And, but whenever I have to do it, sometimes I'm just like, well, do I really want to ask? Maybe I can figure this no. out myself. No. So. We're always so much harder on ourselves though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easier to ourselves. Yeah. Just, Yeah. So that actually reminded me of a YouTube video, and I think I've talked about it on at least a, uh, Epically Geeky, um, where it's the Mario effect, right? Where you you learn a process, and by learning the process and, and failing at that process, you learn how to get better at it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only way you learn from anything, right? So um, it's definitely changing the changing the words from I didn't fail, I've learned something. And, I, I like that. So, yeah. Uh, 
kind of gamifying it, yeah. essentially. Yep. Um, but on yeah. the flip side, mistakes take time away from other things. So when he he did say like, yeah, sometimes you just got to make something five times and, and it's gonna break and that's how it's gonna be. And I'm just like, well, I don't have the time for that. So <laughs> it all comes down to time for me. Yeah. Well, like, for example, so once again, going back to this project, you know, I made these. I knew this one was going to be the final project, but I now know what I need to at least start learning. And, like, I still have not sent this in. I'm still refining it because I, I do want the second version to be the final version. So I'm trying to to think, you know, through this as much as I possibly can. Um, but, you know, in some cases, you just you have to have that first version in hand to go okay, well, I never thought about this or I never looked at it this way or whatever. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, we brought it up. You brought it up at the beginning, Me- mechanical fasteners and glue. I love the fact that he's just like mechanical fasteners are so much better. Yes, they are. Um, but you know, just sometimes you just got to slap glue on it, but you got to be careful. And everything that he mentioned, I totally agreed with. I'm just like the, Almost every single all-purpose glue, I'm just like, this is garbage. This is not doing what I want it to do. I, so I will say... Who for, knew how many types of glue there were? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, wood glue is one hell of a thing for wood. Like It's incredible. I learned the, I learned the wonders of wood glue uh, back in eighth grade in my wood shop class. Because my woodshop teacher was specifically told us, he's like, okay, y'all don't understand, like, once this is glued and dried, like, when you break it, it's going to break somewhere else. It will not break here. And boy, was he right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, other fasteners are pretty awesome. And yeah, that that's cool. But uh, a screw is not going to hold that particular joint <laughs> nearly as well as glue. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, wood glue is fantastic. And the fact that you can use wood glue on cardboard and like it, it's not going to let go there either because it's basically <laughs> just thin trees. Uh, that's fantastic <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, but I have, re- I have become extremely, I, I love CA glues, especially with a, a, a kicker on it just because it's, cause you know, used to you put it on there and you just hold it and hold it and now it's just like either spray it or take you know a little of that kicker put it on there and it's like oh look instantly done and like for the most part like the the uh, plastics that i use in my uh, 3d printing like it does not let go it does you have to really uh convince it to let go so um and usually permanent damage along with that um (laughs) One of the things that he 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 points out is uh and I, there's a wonderful story about him um getting his first uh Makita drill his first Makita cordless drill and he's like one of the life lessons uh and he even says if I could go back and tell my younger self something it would be use more cooling fluid and he's just like it's just a life lesson because at any time oh, you need sorry. to stop I love that story take. Take a moment, use more cooling fluid. Whatever it might be, the decision making, the argument you're having, just take a moment, think about it for a second, do it the right way. So that um, that really came that hit home for me when I was doing the tile in the kitchen, uh, the old place, 
mm-hmm. and I had to use a diamond drill to get through it. And I, I did a lot of research at first. I'm like, okay, what's what's the big thing? And they all said, put a lot of water in that in that joint because otherwise it's gonna it's gonna crack if you don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I took the time and I did that right because otherwise, you know, then you have you've got a broken tile and it's already up and you're not getting you can't replace it easily. Right? You're now talking about breaking it all off and starting again. So mm-hmm. thankfully it worked out. And I will admit I may have taken twice as long as I should have, but it worked. So. <laughs> but you save time in the long run because yeah. you prepped well, which is something else he talks about is. Yeah. taking the time up front to get ready. And he talks about it too, having the right tools in the right area. Uh, and that for me is what I struggle with at times because I'm at the end of the day, if, if I'm done, I just kind of throw everything in a box and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, I still don't have a, okay, we'll go ahead and jump into that. Um, sorry. I still don't. No, 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 it's fine. It's great. Um, uh, I still don't really have a work area per se at least not the way that i want it like the it's gotten better so like for example if i need to solder something i can move stuff off here i have my soldering uh stuff down here that's in like a box or whatever so at least it's all in one place it's easy to get to um but like he t- he tells this story about how um jamie uh heineman from from mythbusters like they worked in his shop for the show and anytime he needed a hammer he had to walk all the way across the shop to get a hammer, and he's like, why would you not have a hammer in all of these different locations where you would use a hammer? And he explains the fact that Jamie probably uses it – two reasons. Jamie probably uses that time to think about what the next step is, so it gives him time to think. But sure. also, he was a farm boy, and he didn't have anything. So it's like, all right, well, I have a hammer. Check. Yeah. I don't I don't need another hammer. I have one. There it is. Um I find myself leaning a little more towards Adam in that respect. So, like, for example, um, I have two 3D printers back over here uh, behind me on my right, and then I have my third 3D printer sitting here to my left. And the two things that I am constantly using are a pair of snips and um, uh, Elmer's I'm not, uh, Elmer's disappearing uh, purple glue because that's what I use to put down on the surface for it to stick to that first layer. And even though it's only three or four steps away, I have a ver- I have snips at both locations. I have glue at both locations because it's like, why do I need to keep stopping what I'm doing, interrupting my process to go across the room, grab it, bring it over here, use it, and then take it back? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I'm slowly but surely kind of coming around to that ideology. I think – once I do finally have a uh, official shop area, I will probably have multiple versions of tools uh, just because um, I hate having to stop what I'm doing to go find a tool to do the next step. It's like it, it, it breaks my concentration and uh, it breaks my flow, honestly. So, yeah. And the, the other thing that goes along with that, too, is having the correct tool because you can – like he said, you know, any any tool can be a hammer, but yes, uh, the right tool just makes it so much easier. <laughs> um, yes, it is. I cannot tell you how many times it's like, you know, and I'm trying to I'm, I'm I'm understanding this more as I become an adult. 
if I have a project coming up and it's like, oh, well, what tools should you get? And it's like, well, you might need this, this, and this. And it's like, well, I have something close to that. I should be able to use that. And I'm just like, no, buy the fucking tool. <laughs> because even though you have something like it, it's not going to get the job done. So, yeah. Um, but the the one of the next things I was going to bring up was uh, – um, oh, come on now. Face ID here. Here we go. Um, um, oh, time time offsetting expertise. I love – I love this. I don't want to say theory, but I love the way he put it that if you don't have expertise in something, taking your time can help offset that greatly. And yeah, he's right. Like there are several things. Now, granted, sometimes I'm like, I'm just procrastinating. I don't want to do this because I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up. Um, but I will tend to take my time and like, all right, well, maybe I should watch one more YouTube video on how to do this before I jump into it, just to make sure I kind of know what to expect. So, um, yeah. And then I find, you know, the, the things that I've learned to do that I've gotten decent at, I'm like, Oh yeah, just knock it out real quick. So, so do y'all find that to be the same case? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> if I can force myself to slow down enough to, to research, which as you get older, you realize like, like we were talking about, you know, you save time in the long run if you <laughs> you just do it right the first time. Oh my save money. Well, and that that is that kind of goes along with the whole to start with the part that you hate the most, right? For for me, that's the I'll do the research on the part that I hate the most to get it over with. I, I mm-hmm. kind of agree with that. That way, you're excited about the next part. So, um, yeah. Okay, so we mentioned it on a previous show. I think it was the creative uh, creative show. Um, his, one of the things that he learned and explained that I absolutely adore is, uh, the, um, list making that he learned from, he learned at ILM. I was going to say, you haven't brought up lists. (laughs) Oh my God. Number one, a huge (laughs) list are fantastic, but I love the, the, the system that he explains of having the little box and you fill in the box halfway if you've started the project but it's not done, and you fill in the box all the way when it's done, and that way when you're not crossing out stuff, you can go back and reference that information if you ever need it again. And I'm like, yes, absolutely, because I've had projects I've had to go back and look at information. I'm like, thank God I kept that information. <laughs> so I, uh, I had, I've always had something very similar to that. Um, and then at work we have something very similar to that where – it's it's a mandatory mandatory process if we were using certain procedures they call it the circle slash so you always circle where you've left off uh, you do that part you slash to say it's complete and then you move on to the next part circle it before you start reading it and then you start reading that part so um, and then you initial as well to uh, for the person to come behind to say yes I I initial to say that these are complete so. Um, I've always liked that, and and I've been using more and more of that for for other things that we do too. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear that um, a nuclear power facility has such a <laughs> stringent process because you know, like I would hope you guys do something that meticulous. Oh yeah, no, they're very strict on that. <laughs> it's uh, there there are a lot of procedures as well that you have to have the procedure in hand while you're doing it and you're physically looking over everything okay and then you go and do it and then yeah 
done and then it's verified by somebody else yeah. to say it's done and then you go to the next step so yeah um going back he also talks about specialty tools and like the the blade that he talks about is interesting the one that he uses to to cut um um plastic what was it um um anyway he has a special blade for certain types of plastics um but I had already known and heard about uh, growing up with my mom who uh, used to cut hair and used to do a little sewing that um, there are special scissors for certain situations and you do not use those scissors for anything fabric else. Fabric scissors. Uh-huh. Fabric scissors and uh, people who <laughs> cut hair will tell you the same thing. You do not use those scissors for anything else. No, they're very delicate. Yeah. Yes, they are. Um yeah, but learning, you know, some it kind of goes back to, you know, he's talking about, you know, uh, you look at some of these special tools and you're like, well, am I just why why am I buying this one tool that I may only use a couple of times? But like we said, sometimes that special tool makes all the difference. Like the um, the uh, wire strippers, the specific wire strippers that I got for Christmas. Oh my God, they make so much difference. Yes. I could technically use a pair of scissors. Yes, I could use the older style wire strippers I had, but my God, it makes life so much easier. Teeth. Yes. <laughs> so, do y'all have I any have tools? I have a pretty. Uh, I was gonna say I have a pretty um, complete starter tool set and and a few you know other things that I've built on over the years. But man, when I need that very specific, you know star screwdriver or whatever the fuck I need for one specific project. I call my dad and he's got inevitably he's got everything because he's one of those six tool cabinets full of the most random shit. But when you need it, he's got it. Right. Yep. Yep. And it is nice to be able to call. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, especially like some of those star bits like you were talking about. It's like, you know, if you get something that's close, it's like, okay, I guess I can make this work. Do I really oh. want to drive all the way to Lowe's yes. to buy the part? And yes, most do. of the time, about half an hour later, you're like, you're, I should have just done it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then you'll have to replace that thing and good luck finding that exact one. It, yeah. <laughs> um. He talks about, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, how your shop should reflect the maker. And like I said, that's one of those things that I've already started doing is, you know, I like to have multiple tools there or whatever. But I kept thinking about what he was talking about, how um, he thinks shelves are where uh, tools go to die. Um, drawers. Drawers. Drawers are where tools go to die. And I understand that to a to a certain extent, um, I hate unless it's something unless it's a large item. I hate deep drawers because shit just gets piled on top of it. And I love those those nice thin drawers. And the fact that he talks about and he's just like it's just giddy when you get to take that foam and you cut out the exact shape of that tool. And I'm just like, yes, that is what I want one day. That sounds stupid, but my god, that sounds like awesome. <laughs> Just make sure that uh, you get the different blocks that like can go. Uh, it's a puzzle piece that you can replace mm-hmm. that one specific piece for when you get a new tool because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
See, that would be my thing is I, I would, you know, eventually um, add something else to it and be like, well, crap doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, OK, so some of the stories that he told about ILM and working at ILM and Mythbusters, um, was there anything in particular that kind of stood out to y'all? Um, maybe not specifically about that, but I will say the one thing that stuck out to me and, and I, I quickly mentioned it, it's the cleaning up the shop at the end of the day, make sure you add time to cleaning up the shop. And it's so true. And I'm guilty of it where it's like, you know, do you know what? Today's just done and turn the lights out and away I go. And then I, but he even says like, then you get up in the morning and you go, fuck now I got to clean up. Yep. And then you're not in the process of making anymore. You're so, yeah. Always add that time at the end of the day if you can. Look out oh. for future Jennifer or Ray or Eugene. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And I have done that. He even talks about, he, he tells that story about how he, you know, took the, the tube and he wrapped the Christmas lights around it. And future Adam was yeah. so excited <laughs> with, with past Adam. And I have literally done that. I've literally oh, yeah. done something. Uh, Christmas light wise and left a note for myself. And when I got down the stuff next year, it <laughs> literally said future Eugene. This is past Eugene. I've done the following. You're welcome. <laughs> and of course my wife uh, thinks I'm a big dork. Coat hangers work really well for. Christmas lights. Uh, yeah. so, well, I specifically started buying uh, those. They're super cheap. They're kind of shaped like a big H or whatever. Oh, well, yeah. I started buying those. Because we used to do the uh, the icicle Christmas lights, and that was just the best way that you could wrap them so they weren't all over the place. But um, yeah, like those are those are little things that you find out, you know, when you become an adult, you're just like, there's got to be an easier way to deal with this shit. Life hacks. Hell yes. <laughs> um, um, one of the things that I liked about, and I don't know if it was at ILM or uh, just his work in general, when he talked about just like how generous people were in sharing their knowledge and ideas and other than when he was in New York, apparently they were assholes. But um, I love the the idea that creatives are so, so generous and helpful and um, that I think that's important for all of us to remember, you know, like we've all benefited from other people's expertise and time and help to try to give back in whatever way, you know, you can and share your knowledge and mentor people. And see, he's not the first person I've ever heard say that. Um, there's a there's a cosplayer I follow. His he goes by the name Evil Ted. Um, he he gives away stuff, but I mean he also has classes and stuff that he sells. But he was a professional prop maker, and he's I've heard him tell stories. He's like, yeah, he goes, this is the way the industry was. He said, and honestly, like when I started sharing some of this information, I got. I had people like call me up and were just like, what are you doing? You are going, you are going to make it so that you can no longer get a job and you're going to make it so I can't get a job. Stop yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And of course, thank God that didn't stick. And more and more people yeah. came to the realization that, um, I can share my knowledge. You can share your mm-hmm. knowledge. I can sharpen my tools using your knowledge and vice versa. And we can all become better as yeah. a result of it. Yeah. Open source is better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that touches on a point that I remember as well. It's, I can't remember where it is in the book because it's been a while since I've listened to it. Um, but there was a part where he was talking about looking up at the the expert and the expert, like, just a little shake of his head. Like, <laughs> yeah, set that up right yet. And so he would yeah. adjust it and then look up and 
All right, now you got it done. There. It's yeah. just, She's like, that little nod was the little, most yeah. gratifying. <laughs> yeah. So oh. it's, it's still a transfer of knowledge, right? Even though it's subtle and even though it's like, okay, you let them fail enough to learn it. But I, I did like that little transfer of knowledge there, too. Yeah, I thought that was, and I can totally see, you know, some older guy that's been doing it forever. He he is not going to compliment you, come hell or high water. But the highest thing you're yeah. ever going to get is just, just a single nod, and it's like, yes, I did it right. He'll shake um, his head, roll his eyes at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I also liked about the book, and I knew you would probably, I, I was pretty sure you loved about the book, Jen, is uh, the sense of humor in it, especially when it comes to things like. The title of the chapters, Knowing with My Homies. Yeah. That fun. I'm just like I'm like, he's this is our people. Yeah, puns <laughs> were great. <laughs> um so. something that I was I thought was really cool in, at the beginning, he talks about how he was obsessive about everything and he felt like he had to stifle it. And I think we can all relate to that because geeks are notoriously obsessive about whatever they geek out over. Mm-hmm. And I think part we've all become, you know, people who don't really care what other people think and will obsess openly and not be overly embarrassed about it. But were there ever times when y'all, you know, tried to stifle that or felt like, oh, man, I, I can't let people know that I'm into this? For a long time, uh, I wouldn't let myself enjoy certain things. Absolutely. Um and it's, you know, part of my growing up, uh, part of the area that I grew up in, arts things were definitely not, uh, were not supported. You were not, um, you weren't a boy if you liked certain things, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I know there, Toxic there was, masculinity. Absolutely <laughs> was. Um so, you know, the, I was definitely forced down more of the sports road. That being said, as much as I love sports, I'm, I'm, you know, thankful enough that we put Quinn into dance. Uh, he really enjoyed it when he was a, when he was a little kid. Um, so I'm glad that the culture is definitely changing where you're allowed to be more of who you are and you don't have to be shoved into, you know, everything. Yeah. See, I found, I found there were some things that like, Specifically, I had friends that were in all different groups in high school, and I found it was like, okay, well, there are certain things that I can share with certain people, but it's not – I definitely did not – and I didn't even identify – I mean, looking back, yeah, I was a big geek. I was also a big dork, but um, I also (laughs) didn't identify that way. Yes, Um, but it was like I don't – there were certain people that I would talk about certain things with, but other people was like, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, you don't, you don't talk about how you still watch cartoons or you, you, yeah. you really think it would be cool to dress up as something, you know, that would be, what are you weird? Like, are you a little kid? What's wrong with you? So, yeah. um, and of course now I'm just like, you know, uh, I think for the most part, working at a high school, uh, overhearing the kids, they're definitely more open with their clicks. And I think it's also the fact that because of the internet, if they are into something now, granted I, I, there's 20 granted. We're only at half capacity right now, but last year we had 2,400 kids walking around this one campus. Um, so yeah, there was a definite group. Like there may not have only 
may have only been four or five of them were, but we had like an anime club. We had, you know, different clubs for all these different things. And I was just like, there's no way in hell that would have flew, you know, back when I was in high school. So, cause otherwise it's just, you're just asking to get ridiculed and, and, and everything else. So, yeah. um, one of the other things that really struck me about the book was, um, uh, he's, he's very good at, um, uh, giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm sure I probably misheard this or hell I may have read it somewhere that, you know, was just making up BS, but I had heard that him and Jamie Heineman weren't necessarily on the best of terms whenever the show ended. Yeah. Um, and who knows, maybe that was the case, but he has nothing but high praise for the man. And, and, yeah specifically he's like you know yes he you know we butted heads and we had issues and stuff he goes but he taught me so much stuff and was not afraid you know didn't yeah. think it was a problem to teach people he's like he openly encouraged me to to try to learn stuff or whatever and um it definitely even if they're not necessarily like you know i don't think they're i don't think they're ever going to be like best of friends but um i i definitely kind of see jamie in a little bit different light like it's like okay well even though the dude comes off comes across super gruff and everything else and he probably really is like that in life um he obviously is a good dude because you know he was all about you know encouraging the people who worked you know for him and with him to to do their best and to learn and and try to expand so um i really i really like that part and then of course um, I love the fact that he he reached out to some of his friends and he's like, if you could, what one thing would you tell people? And, you know, some of it was big picture stuff and some of it was minute stuff like, uh, um, uh, oh, what's his name from Parks and Rec? Uh, the, the woodworker. Nick uh, Offerman. Nick Offerman. He's like, he's like this one little sheet of metal that you can use to, to plain wood and, and just like cool that that's the one thing he wanted to share like that was like the most important thing so um well does anyone have anything else that they want to share about the book um as as quick of a reason so i will say this it was a quick read yes and, and when it was when it got to the end i was like oh that's it a little more <laughs> yeah i can agree he's got so, other books right no this is uh, this is the only one he's written yeah how about yeah. any other books? So, no, What's I, that I, podcast, right? Yeah, um, I think because I he even specifically mentions he's like, man, this was hard. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and well, I, I <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm assuming it also was very time consuming. So I don't know if he'll be doing anymore unless he can figure out a, a better way to do it. I mean, I know there are people who who like will dictate books and then go back and edit them or whatever. So. Uh, but the man's constantly making like if you if you're if you subscribe to his uh, his YouTube channel, it's uh, tested. He's constantly doing stuff. So, oh, yeah. When he talked about when they were filming, they filmed 200 days out of the year. And I was like, when the fuck did you make anything during that 10 or 12 years? Like mm-hmm. and he admitted, like, I didn't hardly have any time to do anything. That's why things took me like four and five years. But God, yeah. can you imagine <laughs> like never being well, home? I mean, if if Discovery's like, hey, we're gonna pay you good money, it's like, well, get yeah. the work done now, because who knows? Of course, they did what thirteen seasons, seventeen, no, mm-hmm. seventeen seasons or something like that. Like it went on a long time. Yeah. So, 
Um, the only thing I would add is uh, the part where he says that, you know, new tools can be intimidating. And I know we all have those things. Uh, yep. Hashtag earbrush. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. Hashtag I, I, earbrush. <laughs> I may not have tools. But I have specific projects that are intimidating, so I, you know, was like, all right, yeah, I know, just, just do it, right? So if you're listening and you have a, you know, a tool or an idea in mind that's intimidating to you, just, just get on it. Yeah, just try it. Start it. Just start on it, and then, you know, you'll see it's probably not nearly as bad as you thought. Yeah, because yeah, I every time I watch a YouTube video where someone talks about airbrushing, especially if it's a how-to one, they're just like. This totally intimidated me too. Just, just give it a shot. Like, just try it. Yep. So, yeah, I, I do really plan on trying it. It's just there are other projects I've got I need to knock out first. So, Gene, just blow for it. Um, oh, I think we're done now. Yeah, I think we are. Um, so let's. Uh, so, final thoughts on the book. Air blow. Yeah. Yes, I got it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts on the book. Like I'm, I'm with you, Ray. I kind of wish there was more, no. um, but I did really enjoy it. And it's one of those things I'm like, I can probably tear all the way through it, you know, in an afternoon because, you know, I also listen to it at double speed. But like it, it's very positive. I always feel very positive listening to it. It's one of those books that um, I've probably listened to three or four times now because it's like. Man, I, I really kind of need a boost to my creativity, and this is a good way to do that. So, yeah. um, definitely, if you are a creative person, definite recommendation. You know, take a listen to it. So, uh, anything else you want to throw in there? Really enjoyed it. Um, thankful. Uh, thankful. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It, uh, it came to me at the right time. Yeah, I think if you need that extra kick to start something or to get organized, this is a good book for you, you know, especially if you're a maker, like with tools, heavy tools and you like, you know, building things and cosplaying. Yeah. This is your deal. Absolutely. Um, well, that is our uh, show for the month. Ladies and gentlemen, our next book is, um, a, a <laughs> long awaited one. It is heaven's river which is the fourth book in the Bobaverse series from Dennis E. Taylor. Um, Ray is about halfway through it. I'm actually starting it tomorrow. Um, Hasn't Sean finished it? Something? Yep, Sean I, yeah, Sean has finished it. Uh, I'm sure he's probably, like, you know, chomping at the bit to talk to us about it. So, uh, <laughs> But that will be our next book that we read and discuss for next month. So uh, if you have not uh, – if you enjoyed the other three books um, – so far, I haven't seen anyone like just flat out say, oh, my God, he ruined it. Like everyone's just most of the comments I keep seeing is, all right, so when's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> so so without getting spoilery, uh, you definitely you, you feel like you're listening to old friends. Hey, there's that aspect to it. So nice. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to start it tomorrow. So. I'm just going to need y'all to write me a Bob timeline for each one because I swear there's just too many and I don't remember. We'll listen to our previous. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could do that. But we didn't really do a good job of telling like no, that's three. True. 
you know, Bob's story. But well, the problem is, is keeping track of each one is so hard. Like I might could go back through and send you the notes that I had on the previous one. So, uh, but yeah, keeping track of all the Bobs is is hard. Eugene writes notes. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't write as many as I used to. I know. I wrote a list for this show. When I hear something, I jot it down. So you know. Yep. Same here. Yep, got got my list right here, so I'll, uh, I'm on my phone. So I um, us- I usually just send you ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I did have one more thing that makes oh, me yes. think of it. Um, do you guys draw your stuff out like he talked about drawing everything? I know you probably do, Ray, but like when you have an idea for something you want to create, you draw it all out on paper. Um, if I have to be very specific about it or if it is super complex yes if not uh like if i'm designing something in 3d i can usually visualize it in my head and i'm pretty good about it but like for example i'm working on a side project right now uh with some electronics that i don't quite understand so of course i'm like nope gotta draw that mess out um i had to do some conversions on a um thing i was designing and i couldn't quite keep all the conversions in my head so i had to draw that mess out so uh the answer is yes <laughs> so yeah no i i draw it all out too uh especially if it's uh woodworking or anything like that i draw it all out i i put the measurements all in that way i can remember okay i gotta take a half inch off this one and this one to, because i'm doing two by four and blah blah, blah. so yeah it's, it's so helpful yeah um honestly that i don't really sketch things out to kind of design the shape of it but when it like if there's specific measurements i have to hit oh yeah like you almost have to to draw it out to to get the measurements on there to keep up with them because otherwise you have to keep constantly double checking yourself and going back well how big was that how big was that crap eventually you're going to write it down or you're just gonna end up with a mess yeah so um Well, what else have you I been I was just curious. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I find it really helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else have you been reading, Ray? Or have you been reading anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, finished uh, finished Ishmael's journey there in uh, all of his books. <laughs> okay. So, those, was there eight books there? They're all pretty short. I think it's, I think it's nine. Eight. Nine? There's nine. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Quarter, half, full, captain, double, double, owner, and then the three. Yeah, so nine. So, so nine books, yeah. That, that whole series is done. Uh, and I'm halfway through Heaven's River. And I have to say that my hour commute to work has been very helpful in getting through audiobooks. <laughs> I bet it has. Yeah, yeah, I'm killing uh, two hours at least a day, which is nice. So, no, good deal. Jen, have so, you yeah. been reading anything else? Hell no, I barely got through this book. Like, I was right up until like an hour before the show that I finished it, and you know what? This is the first book. that. You kind broke. Of, up. You kind of cut out there. You said this is the first book you finished. What? In time for the show in like three or four months. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just as your internet gave out. 
<laughs> it's been doing that all night. I'm over it. So, um, I honestly, I, um, I, I've been trying to listen to a lot of stuff. Um, but honestly, like I've had a lot of podcasts that have like kicked in and started having more episodes or have kind of come back from a hiatus. Uh, but my work has changed some as well. Whereas I was working either in my office or in a different place and I could pretty much put my headphones in and just like, just crank through stuff. That hasn't been the case. I've been running all over campus, changing around stuff and I can't just keep headphones in all the time. So I, the only thing I've gotten through is I've gotten through another book or I'm about halfway through uh, another book in the, um, not alone series by, uh, Craig a Falconer. Um, I think I'm also kind of hitting a wall where I'm just like, there's a lot of politics in these books along with all the, the alien stuff. And, a lot of, I think I'm maybe I'm just to the part. I don't know if it's just because of the current situation in the world, or if I'm just like, can we cut the politics and fucking just get stuff done? Like, can we do that? That would be nice. But the whole point of the book is uh, the politics that would go along with, you know, uh, is there an alien race? There is an alien race. Oh, well, what? Do, how do we handle that? And everything that would go forward with it. So, it's it is core to the story. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's just, I think I need a break to be able to come back and go, okay, I can do this again. And who knows? Maybe, um, after November would be a good time to do that, at least here in the U S. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of getting tired of the politics stuff. So I have um, to say podcasts have really been like moving in on my audiobooks time as well, because, there's just so many shows I want to listen to and I'm trying to stay current on a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, yeah, it's hard when you've got like five or six hours a week of audiobooks and then you've got, or a podcast and then you've also got a book you want to listen to and yep. music occasionally, you know, music. What's that? You know, <laughs> my audio input is just overwhelmed sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I said, some of the some of the shows have either like literally there have been two podcasts that have been in hiatus for two and three years that because of COVID, it's like, well, let's start this back up. And I'm I'm <laughs> extremely happy that they've come back. Um, but it's just like, wow. So now I've got even more to listen to. So I I totally get that. Right. So, um. Well, that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, um, uh, Stitcher, Google Music. We are also available on um, Amazon uh, Music as well. They have a podcast. Uh, they are doing podcasts over there as well. So if uh, if that's how you're going to listen to to your stuff, go find us over there as well. So um, we've got all – and actually all the shows are up there and are current. So uh, you can go check us out there if you want to. Uh, you can find us at Epic pardon me epicallygeeky.com there you can find links to everything uh, including the social network stuff facebook instagram twitter um and then uh, we do have a couple of etsy stores on there my etsy store i i have finally uh cranked it back up so i'm, I'm slowly but surely starting to crank out 3d printed items again and i think ray still got a couple of things on him uh, i have one skateboard i think i've i have listed right now so uh Good deal. It's there. And then, uh, spoiler alert for the next creatively geeky, um, <laughs> a painting has begun. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Um, 
so you can check out all the, check out all the other shows and everything else we do over there. So, uh, where can we find you online, uh, Jen? Uh, you can find me here on March. No, this is marginally geeky, epically geeky, creatively geeky, and I host sustainably geeky. Um, and you can also find me on medias at Het's gonna be me. Ray, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on the Reluctant Yeti uh, on Instagram. Uh, sometimes Twitter, although I've been trying to get off that one because uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of it's just toxic, a lot of toxic yeah. stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, find me on, on that and the shows that were mentioned, as well as procrastinators. At some point, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I need Tomorrow. to bring that up again. No, I haven't played the game yet. <laughs> no, I'm saying you'll get to it tomorrow. We'll, we'll get, oh, to, get to, tomorrow. to it tomorrow, yes, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> or the day after, or the day after that. Um, and as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Jane on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 